You don't now, know. I'm for I'm for great expansions of the government in things like healthcare, and things like education, environmental regulation. That's me. That's my thing. You know. And, and then I'm for massive get shrinking of government in other ways. I agree. And one of those for me is is military expenditures, not necessarily. Uh, uh, firing troops, you know, cutting numbers down, but but these these planes, these contracts that we've got, these jets, it, it's tank, we're still building tanks. Well, we we upgraded the Abrams, yeah, uh, because we have to keep up with the other weapon systems out there. The Russians developed a really good T ninety tank, so we had to upgrade ours, and we use tanks. I mean, tank warfare is never going to go. It'll because- always be there, but I just thought we had enough of them numerically. Mm-hmm. But you're like, we need the we need the better ones, and there's also some pork. Yeah, let's go. Like, well, and, and and that's my issue. These senators, is, yeah. you know, they come from a state. The plants are in a state. Well, and, well, you know, exactly. Yeah, and they'll get they won't get reelected if they if that plant shuts well, and down. And that's you know, <laughs> I mean, let's look at let's call it like it is. Yeah. Do we benefit from Raytheon being in Tucson? Oh yeah, so much. Do we benefit from Davis Monthan being in Tucson? So much. So Without here those, we, we all we would have is the U of A, and it would not be enough. No, to it would sustain not. The city. It would be. It would. It would. We would look like Detroit. Yeah, and we already do. So. Yeah, in some ways, <laughs> yes. You know, we're halfway there. Yeah, we, we're, we're halfway. One of the there. cities in the country. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the irony is, you know, at the same time we say that you know cut down military expenditure, yeah. but then at the same time we're like, well, no, it really benefits us. So it's that balancing act. But I do agree with the fact that we need to be far more efficient with our money in both the federal government, especially the military. That I think is These the black pro- budgets. Oh, the Pentagon, the missing trillion uh, at the Pentagon. That was actually a, that's actually a myth. Okay, uh, that was a paperwork error that oh. became a viral sensation. Well, I knew it was a paperwork error, but I thought that's what made it so shady. It was like, oops, I put the zero. No, they, they actually they really did, they, did lose the money, but you're saying they didn't lose no, the money. No, no, they did if you research that. Yeah. If we're talking about the same case, yeah. that, that was widely discredited. Okay. And that was, oh, was that related to 9-11? I didn't think so. I thought this was about five years ago, the b- budget, uh, well, they, they calculated, well, and they're that like, was, hey, where's that money? And they go, I don't know. And then what they did is they tied that into the 9-11 yeah. and state that it was disappeared and right. no, 9-11 it was, was a cover. Right. Yeah, yeah, it was. But if you look at it, is that they they actually figured that out? Like you know, well documented. Like there was no good. There was no conspiracy to that. Do we do waste though? I yeah. And all these bases in foreign countries, seven hundred and fifty bases. Well, you know why we do that, right? Well, sure to to have to have our fucking foot in the door all over the globe and to contain our enemies. Well, the main purpose is why we do that is doctrinally, we make allies in those nations. Sure. And we can actually, like, we moved from, uh, we moved a lot of our bases in Germany where I was stationed out back to the U.S., but then we started to build, and this is, we were going to do this Uh pre-9-11, we started to build outposts in these Eastern European nations. Why? Because if we build these outposts, we contain Russia, we prop up their economy, which in turn allows them to be stronger against Russia. Oh, and buy our equipment. Yes. Our equipment through our friends. Yeah. Through Lend-Lease programs. And just all kinds of economic ties yes. between us. Yeah. I mean, outside of every military base, you're going to see a used car joint, cell phone joint, and a, and a dry cleaner. And, and fast food and all and that. Fast food. Yeah, you're right. So That's there's cer- certain patterns. That you see. And, and if we got rid of those, like the Rand Pauls of the world w- would like, and the Bernie Sanderses, too. That's interesting that there's a lot of things where the uh, the far left and the far right, it's almost like a circle instead of Horseshoe a line. theory. Yeah, horseshoe. There you go. I already know what that means, and it's the first time I've heard it. But, yeah, they meet. 
Yes. They meet. And uh, so that's one of the ways, like both the far left and the far right are for pulling down on the military stuff. But yeah, it's an interesting question. What would then happen? You know, would Russia build a base? Well, not Russia, maybe probably China build a base in that country then and then have economic ties and all that stuff, you know? So then we, we might lose out in the end. I mean, it's like little known military bases in Africa is Djibouti. Yeah. It's very influential because we started to help the Nigerians in Boko Haram focus, you know, against Boko Haram, and yeah. we came from the Djibouti. Yeah. So there's, and a lot of it is uh, pre and post 9 11 doctrine, mm-hmm. where we wanted small outposts this way we can influence regional conflicts. Yeah. Because we're regionalized. We are the watchdog of the of the world. That is that is who we are, and to deny that is is asinine because. When something happens, they come to us. The union, yeah. the UN comes to us. NATO comes to us. Historically, yeah, yeah. We're, 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 we are the watchdog. We are, but the watchdog. we're also the one poking the hive and creating conflict all the time for our own for our own benefit. Yeah, but at the same time, do we even really need to? Or is there always going to be no. conflict? Yeah, we don't need to, but but we do. Most a little bit, yeah. A little bit to sometimes. Well, a lot. I mean, the Iraq War. I mean, look at well, that. Well, the, the Iraq War was... Destabilizing whole continents. The, the, uh, the Iraq right. War. The, what we do in Latin America. It's, well, I mean, you know, back when we were fighting communism, and yeah. that's what we did, the, the Red Scare was... Yeah, it was bullshit for the most part. I don't part. know if it was bullshit. I mean, the USSR was powerful and a threat. That's for damn sure. But the... The ideological struggle of, of containing communism itself, I get it. I get it. I, if I was president and someone I mean, said, well, they're, they're, they're moving into this country. Okay, if you look at Central America I'd now. Like, I would rather we control that yeah. country. I if you look it. at Central America now, it's somewhat stabilized compared to how it was in the 80s. I mean, we, Colombia yeah, is but who thriving. Who knows how it would have been? I mean, we, Panama, we, we did terrible things over there. We overthrew democratically elected leaders left and uh, right. Well, you know, yeah, well, that was the drug ties with Noriega and yeah. all that. I mean, that was, that was completely fabricated. They used to call it Operation. Yeah. It was Just Cause. Just Cause. Well, it became Just Because. Yeah. That was in military nomenclature. Yeah, it it, it really was. It was. It turned out it was like HW was uh, like testing out our new weapon system. Pretty much, and just murdering people. <laughs> we also had military bases there. The Panamanian government went after us. Yeah, they did the wrong thing too. Yeah, but you know, and then we gave the Panama Canal to the Chinese. Right, which I think is kind of crazy. Great move there. Yeah, great move. That's yeah. I don't I don't I don't understand that. Yeah, I, that's one of those unfathomables. Yeah, so much to get into here. Let's try to uh, transition over to this ideological thing. <clears throat> now, you, you had strong language when we were talking off the air about your opposition to liberalism, to the left. And uh, that's fascinating. And I can already tell that I agree with you on a lot of it. Now, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge, notorious liberal. Now, the, the podcast is about where ideology goes to die. But we're all humans. It's okay to have beliefs. It's just important to know that their beliefs, they're not gospel these ideas, political philosophies, and, and I'm aware of that. I forgive myself for having a position on a lot of this stuff, whereas I want to be open-minded all the time. I am a liberal, so I'm a huge Bernie Sanders guy. I really I like think, Bernie Sanders. I think he's the greatest politician of my lifetime. I really do. And, and I don't mean that in like he's good at politics because he's mediocre at politics, but I, his, his platform and who he is as a man. He's just inspiring to me. He's an honest man. And everyone knows that. People on the right, Trump supporters know that. I've had conversations with people go, yeah, 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 I disagree with him on all of his policies, but he's an honest man. You never hear that. Like, when do you hear a a guy on the right or the left say that a guy from the other side is an honest man? You know what? I would say the same thing about Bernie Sanders. Yeah. 
It's I obvious. Mean, Everyone yeah. who hears him speak, I mean, and you look at his voting record, uh, it's all public. He's been in. You, you know, the funny thing is, I think he would have been as ineffectual as Trump, <laughs> but in a yeah, better way. The Democrats would have been fucking him in the ass. Yeah, they would have been. And, every, and the Republicans would have been like, $15 minimum wage? No, thank you. This yeah. isn't Alaska. Oh, they'd laugh him out of the. Yeah, yeah. He would, he, would be, he would be ineffectual. Probably, yeah. But you know what? People would like but him. He'll be more effect- effective if he gets in now because. It's a dismal disaster of Trump. So he'll get and this groundswell of progressivism. It's it's quite interesting that a lot of these establishment Dems are in trouble. They're running these justice Democrats led by uh, Cenk Uger from the Young Turks. I don't know that. Yeah, he, he created a mini party within the Democrats where you, you cannot take any money from corporations as a, as a candidate, as a justice Democrat. You cannot take any hmm. money from, from rich the rich or corporations. You can't use super PACs, in other words. Hmm. You have to go individual donations like Bernie did. And, and by that, the way... That, that'll work. <laughs> hey, look how much money he raised. He beat Hillary in raising funds in June. And another month, I think, he raised more money than Hillary Clinton. And all from individual donations. Really? That's inspiring. That is inspiring. That's another, that's like a proof is in the pudding thing, right? People are like, well, he's, a, he's still a politician, John. Bernie Sanders is just another politician. I go, no. What did he do that no one else has done in our lifetime? What I just said. He did not take super PAC money. He mm-hmm. fucking money where his mouth is. And he took those 27, the famous $27 average donations. I don't know if you remember that, that whole thing. I don't remember that. Yeah, no. his, his average donation to his campaign was $27. Wow. And for Hillary, it was like three thousand nine hundred. Oh, because ridiculous! No one sent her money. No normal people sent no, her money. No. She just had fifty million dollar a plate brunches every other day yeah, with with yeah. people that aren't the reptilian yes. billionaires. She she's you know she they they moved the uh, servers into the luncheons yeah. and charged the giant companies you know twenty five million dollars yeah. you know to have computers have lunch with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how 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 made a guest appearance? I you think know? she might be an AI. I think she's I, AI. You know what? I I never see her really move. Yeah, she doesn't move. No, she doesn't. Her face is just this always. This, yes, you know, she's a creature. Of, yeah, of, no, it's it, yeah. it's it, it's there's kind of you know. It, there's kind of some truth to that. Yeah, that she's like the Stepford wife yeah. of the Stepford wives. You know, of of, bil- of the billionaire. Class. Yes, like, yes. They they. It, so corrupt that whole family. Bill Bill was no better. And no, but they, they were they're good at what they do. You got to oh, give yeah. them credit. Oh yeah, they're talented. And you know what they are. And she is a brilliant politician. But th- they're from the old guard, though. They are the old. It doesn't guard. work anymore. No, it doesn't. It's, it's different now. It is the internet, basically. People well, know yeah, things. People, you know, way too much, way too quickly. Right. So these justice Democrats are really inspiring because then because uh, so they have that as a dogma. You cannot take money from millionaires. So you will therefore. Probably, if you get elected, serve your constituents. It's a crazy idea, serving the voters, but th- that's how you would do that, by not letting corporations fund campaigns. And so it's really inspiring. Yeah, so I started by saying, I'm a liberal, blah, blah, blah. You get a feel for the kind of liberal I am, Bernie Sanders liberal. And these these liberals tend to, I think, I don't know if it's fair to say this, but I would say that the progressive wing there is less focused on social issues, social justice warriors, than the corporate or establishment wing of the of the left. Because I saw Hillary supporters mostly uh, weaponizing race and sex. I mean, they I don't know if you know this, but they constantly call Bernie Sanders a sexist racist. I mean, it's, it's insane. The, the, the and, Bernie bros, which is a falsehood. It's a complete falsehood. I mean, I'm a Bernie bro, but there's a lot of different people in this group. Yeah. I don't know. My perception is that even though they're the leftists of the lefties, 
I don't think they're the social justice warriors as much. I, I think to like Bernie Sanders, because it, it filtered people out, right? The, the primaries filtered people out into groups. And they said, if you care about, if you're a social justice warrior and you have the choice between a woman and a man, you're going to pick the woman if social justice warrior is your main thing. Sure. Right? So that filtered all of those people, or t- tons of them, to the Hillary camp. And that makes them corporate p- people who don't really give a shit about corruption or, or policy because her policy was garbage. She's not a liberal, really. She's a moderate at best mm-hmm. in terms of policy. Uh, She's not an ugly arc. I mean, it's all like, Yeah, exactly. And so it, it, so it filtered out the people who care more about these symbolic social things than about substance. Exactly. Because they would vote for a corrupt. And that, and that is an incredible. Fa- and, and you know what? You, 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 in so simple words, you put exactly why I'm against that whole movement. The social justice warrior? Yeah. Yes. Because they don't care about substance. It's no. all uh, it's, token. It's all token. Tokens, it's yeah. All, yeah, it's all token. It's all enablism. So the radical feminists are the same way. They don't give a shit about health care for all. No. They don't give a fuck about universal health care. The, the which, by the way, will, will do more to help black people and women and everyone than any other thing, any law about what pronoun you can use. You want to help Black people, universal health care. You know what helps people get a better education? Not having tooth pain all the time. Not yeah. having a disease as a child that you don't get addressed. If everyone can go to the doctor, you, you, you solve so many social issues. You're, you don't solve them, but you get on the way. Well, you give a good foundation. Yeah, you, you give a good foundation. If people's health is taken care of, then we can work on education, all this other shit. Health comes first. I'm going to join you in the criticism of of that that element of liberalism. But you know, also equality is not a buffet table of equality. You can't choose which level of equality you yeah, want. Yeah, which kind, which, which version, kind, yeah, which version. And then when you want to be more than equality, when you want to have so- extra support, that's not equality. So you don't get to just choose the things no. where you. Yeah. No, you can't. I mean, it's you yeah. know, be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Oh, oh, you know what? I'm all for women serving in combat, uh, but then they also have to register for the draft. Right. Selective because service. if you got if you're a man and you don't register for the draft, you don't get a lot of benefits. It's so so ridiculous the benefits you don't get. Yeah. Yet we exclude fifty percent of our population for that based on their gender. Yeah. And that's not a gender bias. Now I think to be fair, most feminists are probably okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I agree with that. Yeah. And here's the explanation, right? So Jordan Peterson, here's his criticism of the left. It's postmodernism, and he says that that came directly out of Marxism. So Marxism said literally everything can be analyzed in terms of, uh, what is it, uh, class, I guess, or money, economics, sure. the, 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 uh, the rich opp- oppressing the poor, everything. Uh, I forget what it is, class analysis. So everything, and they do it like books can be read, like a, a novel, a re- movie review can, is class analysis for Marxists. Yeah. It's a single one-size-fits-all it's, thing. It's, it's, uh, I call that narrow beam. Yes. When every be. when every every concept has reducible look, reducible to, to what you believe in. Well, you Feminists look at it one beam, single beam. Everything every piece of literature, every piece of media, any piece of thought can be broken down to one singular beam if you choose to be. Men oppressing women. Exactly. Yes. That's absolutely right. So then so Marxism then uh, transformed into postmodernism, which t- which it says it's not about class analysis anymore or money. It's about power now. So postmodernism, the central tenet of that of that movement, even though it's a 
smattering of, of various things, just like feminism. It's really hard to put your finger on what it is because there's so many writers and thinkers. Yeah. So, but postmodernism essentially says, no, it's not class analysis, but it's the same thing. It's about oppression, but it's about power. So everything is analyzable in terms of power dynamics and powerful people oppressing the weak. And it's radically so. It's not an overstatement to say that everything can be analyzed in that way. That's what they do because they're also relativists. Right. So they don't believe in objective truth or anything like that. So there is no truth or anything. So there's no they don't have any doctrines about how things are. In fact, they're hostile to any doctrines about how things are because there is no way things are. They're relativists. They're cultural relativists, except for when they have a point to make. Then it's it's always wrong. It's it's morally wrong to oppress somebody. You know, they make it's contradictory, of course. It's, it's not an overstatement to say all they care about is power analysis, the power dynamic thing. And this has really terrifying and scary consequences, and we're seeing them play out. Because if everything is, is the powerful oppressing the weak, then all you can do is try to gain power over your oppressors. And then you become the oppressor. And they're, they, they're like cognizant of that. They're like, yes, then we will become the oppressors. But, but anyway. To tie it back, Central America, the banana republic. We replace the communists with the fascists. We replace the fascists with the communists. Yeah. <laughs> Throw you in know, a capitalist. Throw in, you know, whatever. Throw, well, they're all capitalists, but they, all, they yeah. use a different name. Right. You know, it's like in Sudanese, it's like one tribe will cut off the left hand, the other tribe cuts off the right hand. Yeah. Guess what? Everybody still only has one arm. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Same thing. Different. It's like radical Islam and fundamentalist Christians. Like, you'll never get them to, to see this, but it's, it's so apparent to everyone else in the world. I'm, You're the same guy. I'm going to actually disagree with All you right. a little bit. All right. You know? You're going to lose this one. No, no I'm not. not. You know right. why? Why? When was the last time a fundamentalist Christian killed himself in order to kill others? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're you're right. Uh, some of these abortion bombers and stuff get killed, but by they the never country. kill them. But you know, they they yeah, never kill yeah, themselves. Yeah, right. That's that's the difference. No, I'm not in any way making a statement that radical Christians are as harmful. Okay, or, or, no, but no. The, the, the the mindset is the same. Yeah, yeah. It's in the liter- mindset biblical is the literalism. I can justify. Wah- I can justify. Wahhabism yeah. is is yeah. Islamic literalism. Yeah. And I that's can, a new thing. Just like biblical literalism is new. It's an American thing. Yeah. It came around in the 1880s. Well, I don't know if it's a new thing because it's been talked about forever. You know, I mean, people have always manipulated that religion to make literally this is what happened. So therefore, you have to be this certain way. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's always been dogmatism and all that. Yeah. For sure. But but fundamentalism it was a cultural movement in the it started in the late the term 1800s. fundamentalism but the ideas have been used forever yeah but they came out of this big tent revival thing yeah. and the and this idea of uh this the way they their religious doctrines were kind of started were unique not not new but because there's been 2000 years of, of this christianity stuff going yeah. on but well anyway it, that's an, another side story but they're the same in terms of literal readings of their books sure. that's important for Westboro Baptist, just like ISIS. Yeah. Of course, uh, what counts as literal and which passages, you know, they cherry. They, yeah, exactly. It's all bullshit. But yeah. uh, let's say another example. Fundamentalist Islam loves uh, Sharia law, right? So they, mm-hmm. don't, they don't respect secular government. So mm-hmm. it says, no, fuck your constitution. There's no such thing as rights. You, the law, government, should be run through what the, what's in that book over mm-hmm. there. And then fundamentalist Christians, we see it all the time. They don't give a fuck about the constitution. It's, always, it's Bible first, government later, if ever. Sure. And Trump is like that, too. No respect for the institutions of government or the separation of powers or something like that and stuff like that. And evangelicals don't care about that shit at all. And that's why they voted for him. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll take a dictator. 
as long as he does our thing. Yeah, if he's on our side, yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll have religious. They want prayer in schools. They want religion in government. Vouchers. They want a religious test, which is the thing that's in the yeah. Constitution that you can't have. You know, the voucher system yeah. to benefit religious schools. Right. That's another example how of how they're analogous to the mm-hmm. fundamentalist uh, thing. But I don't know why the fuck I was talking about that. But anyway, so postmodernism, they view everything in terms of power dynamics. And the, the terrifying thing is, they're, they're, therefore, that's why they're trying to shut down speech. Because they're like, no, that guy's just using power in his speech. So I'm going to use power to stop him and force, basically. And that's why there's a violent streak on the far left as well. Because they don't respect, there's no, they don't respect the Constitution or anything. It's another, it's like fundamentalist Christians in Islam. It's, we have our thing. It's nothing new. Yeah. It's, it's, we've seen it always. This is fundamentalism or that dogma. The fundamentalism. Oh, yeah. It's a 10 year cycle. You know, I mean, the, you know, it's like t- uh, 10 years ago, you had straight edgers who would go into bars and pick fights with people who were drunk. You would have violent veganism. You would have earth first. Radicalism follows the same patterns every, every 10 time. years. And it's the same kind kind of guy same kind of guy that same you know what it's a young man who's angry or woman yeah or woman now with the postmodern that's all women yeah you know especially with environmental issues you see a lot of women a lot of them have money too which i always find an irony and you know guess what it's the same people that join isis yes they people they're people on a mission they want to believe in something yes that's what it is sense of identity i think i think sense of identity is a big it is key, and this is the premise of my show in radical agnosticism as a philosophical uh, system that I came up with. Is that I was okay I, in high school and college. I was a fundamentalist Christian. Oh wow! Yeah. Then I became a, a libertarian and a, a very conservative, and then I became a leftist, a liberal, and then I be, got out of that and did anarchy, and then I went back to uh, liberalism, but. Now, without so much dogma. And, and what happened to me was I got sick of being wrong because I was wrong about every one of those things afterwards. When I, you when take I, a hard-line stance, you're going to be more wrong than right. More wrong than right because the truth is that the pieces don't fit into no. your thing nearly as well as you hoped they did. Yeah. So uh, I was sick of fucking picking isms and being wrong. Yeah. So radical agnosticism was saying, no, we're, we're, it's radically saying, I don't know. On a lot of issues, you say, I don't know. And even when you have an opinion, you say, at the end of the day, it might be wrong. And that's the intelligent way to go about life. And that's why I was interested in having you on the show, because I could tell you're like that. You're not all one way. You're not spoon fed your beliefs because you're part of a group that you identify with. So that's why I'm I'm always I'm worried about myself in terms of being so favorable about Bernie and democratic socialism. I have to be careful that I don't think it's a solution to everything. I just think that for certain issues, the data is in the jury is in on healthcare and what, how to do that right, you know? So, but generally, but I can't say it's a fix all for everything. And like you said, Bernie, it'd be a mess if he was president. It would be a mess, but you know, I could blame that on our, on our system and the, you know, but whatever. So that's where radical agnosticism came from was saying, no, we gotta, we gotta not give into the temptation to define ourselves by an ideology. It's, it's comforting and it's fun as it is. I got, we, we got to work hard on not doing that. And you live in that middle zone, that uncomfortable middle zone. That's where creativity happens. And I think that's where character grows. When you don't spoon feed yourself a, a hardline doctrine. Anyway, so that's Peterson's criticism of the left is that post, postmodernism is behind all of it. And that's why when you said academia... So what do you think of that of that criticism? Well, I think that to again, I'm very dead set against binaries. Yeah. Strong, weak, 
Well, the minute you create a binary like that, there's no other avenues. Right. You're either one or you're the other. Also, you know, date that, you know, some people have power and some people don't. What does that really mean? Because you know what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm a determinist. So I truly believe that we have more, far more power over ourselves than we give ourselves credit for. Okay. So subsequently that you are, you can more control yourself than you can by this. So, oh, they have power over you. You know, who has power over me? What is the ways for me to, on my own personal level, circumvent the power? You know, I mean, the power, the state has power over me. Well, then you know what? I'm going to avoid the state. I'm going to avoid the, 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 the purveyors of the state and their power. Avoid them? Yeah. Yeah. You know, get, you, know you don't like cops? Guess what? Avoid them when you want, when you can. Yeah. And right. that's and that's that's the I mean, issue. you're not against political solutions to problems, but you're saying philosophically. Philosophically. It comes down to the individual. The, the individual has more power and control. And we have such a tremendous access to information before no generation has had the access to information that we have before. Yeah, it's out of control. It's, it's crazy. And we don't do anything with it. Yeah, we're, we're, so if you want to have more power, you have more knowledge and you have more ability to use it appropriately. Yeah. And you would be against breaking everything down into power anyway. Yeah, you don't be, analyze every situation. I do not power be, and oppression. Yeah, I do not believe. In fact, I can draw up a quick chart. Real, I had a professor teach me this years ago. Is I can draw up a, a single beam how you can break down everything as a communist would break blah blah blah, and you know what? When the minute you do single beam, you fail because you know what? It's like I, I've said this: if you carry a feminist hammer, every issue is a nail. Exactly. That's the that's the that's the uh, phrase or whatever the the, the metaphor. Yeah, that's right. And that's the original one is yeah. if you're if you care, if you're wielding a hammer, everything is a nail or whatever. Yeah, that's exactly right. If you wield a dogma, everything is a manifestation of that. that And it's called it's called confirmation bias, too, because now everything verifies your your belief because your belief is so vague. It covers everything. Yes. That's why I'm against reductionism in general, especially scientific reductionism. Yes. I'm very hostile to that. And uh, materialism. In, in, in it's, and so everything, the Christian too, the, the, the person who, see, who sees meaning in everything, right? And there's a, this is how psychosis happens too. Is uh, I agree, yeah, exactly. Like they see connections in everything. Yes, yes. And all of a sudden, everything is symbolic of everything else. Yes. And I, I struggle with that. So some people struggle with, uh, they buy into culture too much, right? And they become, I got my car and I'm going to work and everything's okay. And like blah blah blah, and I have my go to church on Sunday, and they're just da da da, and those people are crammed in and limited. Now the other extreme is the the acid, the LSD head who breaks down boundaries so often and so much that there are no boundaries anymore, and all of a sudden all things are connected, all things are symbolic, and uh, the world is awash in meaning, and that's great, and that from there comes a lot of great creativity and art. But if you go too far, you you got psychosis, and that's something I I feel like that has scares me. You need about grounding. Myself. Everybody needs need grounding. grounding. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, I guess we're on the same page with uh, Peterson's criticism of the of liberal of postmodernism and in the academy. And really, you know, you there are there are no conservative professors left. They've been no, they're, they're gone. They're, they are. You know, he's the only one. He's <laughs> not even in this country. Yeah, yeah. And no, they, they then he's they, they fled. They they're they're close to firing him. You know, yeah. they, a lot of students fucking hate him. 
So uh, the, it's yeah, the professors and the, and you just and they're, they're wealthy too. They're they're upper middle class. These people. Yes. I forget wh- why that's relevant, but they're 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 pushing that on the well, kids because they live on a certain side of the they uh, a certain side of the railroad tracks. Which is ridiculous because they then hold power. I mean, they they're they're wealthy. So it's a bit, if this comes from Marxism, you gotta be critical of these upper yeah. middle class professors. But. Well, you know, the funny thing about an upper middle class professor is they're all about you know they're all about progressivism until the first black com- people black family moves into their neighborhood. Right. You know, it's the NIMBY. It's the whole you know. Yeah. I'm, I I I love Mexican food, but I don't cross Twenty Second Street to get it. <laughs> <laughs> Even though that's probably where the best. That's stuff where, is. The, that's oh, where the, I don't. I don't, I don't go down South Fourth Avenue because yeah. it's scary. But right. that's where the good stuff is, man. And they are. They're so terrified. These yuppies. They're so scared. Oh, they of are minorities and stuff. Yeah, uh, they they don't go up and treat them like people. No, no, they don't. Yeah. They don't. Whether they realize it or not, because yeah. you know they just don't have any exposure to it. Right. So it's it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but they'll talk about it in the classroom. Oh yeah, no, they'll long. talk about social theory yeah. all the time. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, but it, as said is. You know, well, it's like discussing homelessness. Everyone wants to discuss homelessness when there's, you know, a guy sleeping in front of your store. Yeah. But what if that guy was sleeping in your front yard? Yeah. You'd be calling the cops calling on the him. Cops. I can't believe how many white liberals I've had that argument with. Oh, you care so much about him? Take him home with you. Yeah. Well, I can't do that. Well, yeah. then guess what? Why Don't not? expect me to deal with them. <laughs> then keep your opinions to yourself. Yeah. If you are not willing to stand by your thoughts, right. then keep them to yourself. Yeah, it strikes me on the right that they have a similar kind of hypocrite, like when well, they're yeah. pro-life. Yeah. But as soon as a baby's born, it can go fuck itself. Yeah. Get a job, infant. Yeah. You know? No, well, that's that's the, oh, that's always a classic. You know what? When this problem is someone else's, yeah. our stance on it is so different. When it's ours, oh, wow, wait a minute. Yeah. It's like the guy who's Mr. Law and Order, you know, who votes yes on, you know, DWI laws being draconian. Yeah. Until he gets his first DUI. Yeah. And he's like, wow, this is all I did was blow a point oh point you know zero one over. Yeah, but I'm going to lose all this. I'll lose all this. You know, so it's spend ten grand over the next few ten years. grand. Yeah, you know, when I only make forty. Yeah, if I'm lucky, and that's before taxes. Yeah, that's always you know I I always like that study of well, what happens when you're the guy? That's right, and 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 that's kind of what I was thinking with uh, the presidency and like you know going against the military or something. I was like, I, 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 I everyone fancies themselves. Uh, oh, I would do it anyway. And then the reality yeah, sets in. Like I wouldn't do that. No. Once I get those phone calls from Lockheed Martin, yeah. like, hey, Bernie or John, just imagine one third of Tucson being desolate if yeah. Davis Monton moved, yeah. if Raytheon shut down. Yeah. You know, I mean, right. one third, we would look like, you know what? It's time to, um, I, I, when, if they close Davis Monton, invest in fence companies. Do you know why? Because all that area that's all the military housing and, you know, supported by military people. Yeah. It'll, it's all gone. Right. So they have to erect fences all around it. So if you have a fence company or you invest in a fence company, it's going to be the biggest boon. Right. To block it, the vacant lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, block it off. Yeah, literally. But we'll finish it up here. We'll do we'll do 10 minutes on this, and then we'll, we'll let you guys off the hooks and stop listening to my voice. All right. America's empty church problem. He's got an Atlantic article here. And I don't, I don't know. I still haven't picked up on uh, your religious beliefs, if any, Mike. Uh, you, I, it's, it's very, I have a strange relationship with religion. Huh. Kind of like you is that I studied religion. Uh, more with Catholicism. I have a little background studying religion. Mm. Uh, do I believe there's powers beyond us? Yes, because without that, we're sheer arrogance. Yeah, I've I'm had right weird, I've there. had a lot of mysticism uh, that I've witnessed. Yeah, nice. 
And uh, so, you got any uh, good quick uh, anecdotes of mystical something or other? I've had some real weird stuff. Mm. Real weird stuff. You know, I, I, this is what I've said is sometimes you, you have to keep them doors. Sometimes you have to be careful what doors you open because they're much harder to close. And that, that kind of relates to what I was saying about psychosis, like opening yeah. those doors. You have to be careful. Yeah. You have to be careful. Stay grounded. Now, most people, I feel like, could use less grounding, right? It'd yeah. be therapeutic for them to see beyond the veil a little bit, beyond their normal thing. But some of us... You need more grounding. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever read C.S. Lewis' The Last Battle? That's Is that one of the books that's in the, the last Space one. Trilogy? Or in one of his... Uh, that's Or the, is it the Narnia? That's Narnia. Okay. That's, that's the last, last book in Narnia. The last book. Yeah, I've read all of C.S. Lewis. Yeah. yeah. The, there's a fascinating example of that is, in the end, there's these dwarves. And they're eating a meal and they're complaining about it. Uh-huh. And the reality is, this is an amazing meal provided by whatever spiritual guide is out there in the book. I don't like to call it God. Yeah. Aslan, and they don't yeah. see Aslan. They don't yeah. see what the meal is. So the meal is actually an amazing meal, but in their mindset, in their understanding of things, it's just a very basic meal. Huh. And that's how they And that's how most people live. They don't necessarily see what's actually yeah. there. Yeah. And the 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 mystery and magic of, of existence. Yes, as, uh, if, if that's what you're saying, yes. that's where I'm taking it. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. And that's why in the psychedelic experience, what you do, what you do is beca- you become fascinated by everything. You're yeah. like, wow, this this cup is actually really interesting. Yeah, instead of being bun- mundane and boring. Well, it's the whole perspective thing. Yeah, the farther away things become, much blurrier. They yes. become much much more blottish when they come closer. You know, you can really actually see the difference in the texture. Right. You know, especially like an organic object. Yes, especially that. And the Yeah, so, all right, we got this America's church problem, empty churches. Um, very pious country, the U.S., traditionally. The vast majority of us still believe in God. But the share rejecting any religious affiliation is growing fast. It went from 6% in 1992 to 22% in 2014. Mm-hmm. Some giant change. Among millennials, the figure is 35%. That's rejecting any re- religious affiliation. Now, some observers predicted that this new secularism would ease cultural conflict because uh, the country, for example, uh, is, is coming towards consensus on gay marriage. You got, I don't know, 60%, 65% of the countries for gay marriage. It's, that's a big majority for a political issue, a social issue. And uh, so they thought, okay, yeah, this, uh, you know, religion is harmful. That's a tenet of the left, you know, and so uh, getting rid of it will help. And this article says that was naive. Uh, Secularism is indeed correlated with greater tolerance of gay marriage and pot legalization, but it's also making America's partisan clashes more brutal. It's contributed to the rise of Donald Trump and the alt-right. Americans have left organized religion, but they haven't stopped viewing politics as a struggle between us and them. And many have come to define us in them in more primal and irreconcilable ways. So one example they give is that, so on, I guess it's, so even on the right, uh, people are going to church less. So Republicans or conservative Americans are going to church less. It's tripled that number over the last decade. It's probably, a, it's still a small number. They said millennials though. Yeah, th- that was overall millennials, 35% okay. are, are not affiliated, but on the right, um, it's a much lower percentage, but okay. it's growing. That's interesting. And they say that they're saying the alt-right is a very good example of this because guys like Richard Spencer, uh, the Nazi guy, and, uh, and, and a few others are not 
uh, Christians, which is rare on the right. Mm-hmm. And uh, because they view Christianity as it's, it's too universal. So it embraces everyone. Mm-hmm. So Jesus' message is everyone's good to go. Be nice to everyone. Or it's a message of radical equality. They're all equal in, in God's eyes. And they don't like that because they define things in terms of nation and race and gender, too. You know, they have issues with women on, on the alt-right. So, uh, so that's, I think, an interesting example. That's the, the main one they use is that, well, look, when, when these and – they, and they did correlate the numbers. Like Trump's, Trump is very popular among evangelicals, but he's also – he wrecked uh, the other – like Ted Cruz on the, the, alt, the non-religious vote. Non-religious Republicans, Trump – got way more support than the other guys on the right. While he's popular with the evangelicals, he's also popular with, uh, you know, atheist uh, uh, Republican or agnostics or people who just say, I believe in God, but nothing else, you know, no, no religion. So when they got rid of their of their Christianity, they which they don't like because it's too universal, it applies to everyone, and they like to draw strict lines about immigrants and race and everything, they went to the alt-right grew uh, as a result. So that's what they're saying in this article. They're saying, how might religious non-attendance lead to intolerance? Uh, although American churches are heavily segregated, it's possible that the modest level of integration they provide promotes cross-racial bonds. And therefore, the most committed members of a church are more likely than those who are casually involved to let the message of universal love erode their prejudices. That's what these authors in, in one book said. So I think um, like uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, the, the gay... Nazi <laughs> and child molester <laughs> or, uh, advocate. He got in trouble for that. Which is uh, his his view is actually not that unpopular. Yeah, with uh, with the gay uh, movement, believe it or not. If you do a little bit of research, it's kind of crazy. Oh, I see that they right that they they kind of accept some of this uh, older males touching yes. the boys yeah. because they say it it brings them up like it teaches them. Yes, that I have heard that. No, that's it's actually that's well true. documented. It's that's kind true. of weird, you know. That's George Takei said the same thing. Yes, you're right. And liberals have to be like, Ugh. what do we do? What do do we, we do? Do we do we support the gay people? Or yeah. the gay people want to molest children. Yeah, do we give them a buy? Oh, what do we do? What do we do? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, age is just a social construct. So yes, you know, yes. You know, maybe. I mean, gender is a social construct. <laughs> yes. Why not age? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, man. So he, he wrote an, an essay, An Establishment Conservative's Guide to the Alt-Right, and it contains five references to tribe, seven to race, 13 to the West and Western, and only one reference to Christianity. Though they weren't talking about religion. That's no coincidence, the author says. The alt-right is ultra-conservatism for a more secular age. It leads leaders like Christian... It's leaders like Christendom, the old-fashioned word for the West. But they, they're suspicious of Christianity itself because it crosses boundaries of blood and soil. And now this article is not to, So it's on the left, too. Okay, so They say in 1990, slightly more than half of white liberals seldom or never attended religious services. Today, it's 73%. White liberals, man, they don't go to fucking church. No. And uh, if conservative non-attenders fueled Trump's revolt, liberal non-attenders fueled Bernie Sanders' insurgency against Hillary Clinton. And uh, while white Democrats who went to religious services at least once a week backed Clinton by 26 points, white Democrats who rarely attended those services backed Sanders by 13. So a huge difference in support. And Sanders, like Trump, appealed to secular voters because he reflected their discontent. 
This, this author is making a lot of strong claims here, but yeah. white Democrats who are disconnected from organized religion are substantially more likely than other white Democrats to call the American dream a myth. So secularism uh, may not be the cause of this dissatisfaction. It's possible that losing faith in America's political and economic system leads one to lose faith in organized religion. I don't know. Now we're now we're in the weeds, but uh, yeah, yeah. Now we're we're definitely yeah. So they are at least saying that. Um, like Black Lives Matter activists accused the black church of sexism and homophobia, which is another thing that's not discussed. Well, black community is generally homophobic. They, they, they're very homophobic. You they, know. They're against abortion, too. Yeah. They, they vote know. Democrat, but yeah. So that so that's it. Uh, so he's given examples on the, on the far left of how the decline of religion has led to a different forms of bigotry. That, that, that now the lines aren't drawn the way they are in the book, in the Bible. The lines are now drawn according to postmodernism or race uh, studies or feminism. And on the right, they're, long, they're drawn along national lines and race lines. So what do you think of this, Mike? Well, first and foremost, if the fact that he does not reference the uh, bastardized uh, racist Christian churches that are still active and out there, there's racist groups that are that are so many. That are that are uh, that are Christian churches. Yeah, fundamentally Christian churches and anti women yeah. stuff too. Yeah, in a way. And he doesn't reference them, then he loses credibility in my eyes. Yeah. So what you're saying is, they look, still exist. Religion has to be contributing to to uh, the to the, to the racist to alt right. Yeah. Now this new maybe alt right is what he's referencing is that it's like a Christian fundamentalist church that plays a lot of rock music. They're trying to appeal to a gener- younger generation. So what we see is maybe with the, with these alt right is they're against religion because they're trying to appeal to a younger generation. So it's a symptom rather than a cause of the alt right. That's correct. You're saying if the alt right could get young people through religious affiliation, they they'd they would do it. do it in a heartbeat. Hmm. That 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 sounds right to me. They would do it in a heartbeat because the, the there's a because. If I pulled up a list, I could uh, from the you know the Southern Law, law Poverty Southern, Law yeah. Center. If I pulled up a list, I could give you about fifty different you know associated Christian churches that were decidedly hate groups. Hate groups. Yeah. And you know the alt right might not be a quote unquote hate group because they wear ties and they're cute, you know, but they still are. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. well, they're they're and they're, they're not a group, so and, yeah, it's, it's hard to say. But they're fueled by hate. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's all it is is anti. Yeah, they really don't care about what. That's why they'll go along with Trump with anything he does. If yeah. he kills net neutrality, fine. We we loved net neutrality. The all right loved going it back to the single beam. Ago. You know, yeah, they loved know? net neutrality a year. Ago, yeah, and now they hate it and they're happy that it's gone. Yeah, because Trump did it. Yeah, or or they they uh, were suspicious of Russia. You know, now they love Russia. Because Trump likes Russia, yeah, and, and they helped him, and everyone knows deep down. I mean, even though there's how many of them, there's probably not that many uh, alt right people. Now, you, yeah. yeah, that's another thing you said. You think that the numbers of these people are low? It, it, I think that it's, it, and I think that their their influence is minor. I mean, you know, what about electing Trump though? You thought you don't think they're the ones that elected Trump? Really, it was just middle America. I, and, you know what? Here's the whole thing: is as I said, is the way I look at uh, the way I look at politics and electing an official. You have this core group, yeah. Especially a president, you have the solid majority. You have all these influencers around them trying to pull from that core group. That is what I think really influences things. Is you have the different elements kind of pulling the influence from the core group, right? The alt root, the alt right. You know, the the ultra left. That's that's what I think really makes American politics. Okay, are you saying those the fringe groups? The fringe groups try are always to appeal yes. to the middle during and an election. Trying, yes. Right. And in order to gain power. Yes. 
I mean, and you know, the thing is, is that Trump was, and you have to also look at the fact that Trump was a reaction. Yes. And I've said this a hundred times and I'll say this again. Don't tell the guy with the Dodge minivan with two ball tires who just got laid off how privileged he is. Yep. And Trump was a reaction. You know what? Yep. If Bernie Sanders was in power, was was on the ticket versus Trump. Could have killed him. He would have killed him. Because he has the populist thing. He would have been able to appeal to the same demographics. The guy who has two ball tires on his minivan, Mm. if he would have said, hey, look, man. Because Bernie never talks about race and stuff. Well, he says, you know, there's problems with brutality. He doesn't focus on it. He doesn't accuse his opponents of being racist. He doesn't point fingers. It's not about revenge. No. It's not about revenge. Yeah. His, his, he has an economic platform because he knows hey, look, that's it, how to help minorities. If Hey, you know what? You want to help people? Yeah. Put money in their pocket. Yeah. Give them a job. Or, give yeah. them a sense of identity. Give yeah. them a purpose. And I'm not, even talking about, I'm not even talking about race here. I'm talking about the fact that if you give people something to hold on to, that they're not utterly disenfranchised, you will have so many less problems. Right, they won't fall into mass shooting sprees. They won't fall into racism. You won't fall into, oh, I hate people because I don't have anything. Yeah, you won't fall yeah, the hatred of the rich on the left and stuff like that. You won't have that as much. And that's a a fact. I mean, the fact is that violence and crime, you know what what predicts violence and crime more than anything else? Income inequality. It's so, we know this from studies. The more that happens, the more violence and crime you get. I'm unhappy. I do drugs. I do do drugs. I become addicted. I have to commit crime. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Every time my health is poor because I don't have a doctor, I'm going to commit crimes. Because what do I have to lose? I'm in pain. Yeah. What do I have to lose? My my brain is changing. Yeah. You know, I'm becoming more violent. Yeah. These things are all known to science, social science. It's so So, simple. It really is. Yeah. Tucson. 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 Yes. (laughs) It's partly resentment. It's resentment of the, when you see, when you're forced to see on the internet and TV makes this so much worse. Because when you're forced to see other people's wealth and when you do see it and you have nothing. It's the frat boy mindset. Yeah. We all hate frat boys because we think they're all so rich. Yeah. And we want what they got. Exactly. all the hot girls go to their parties. Exactly. Yeah. I work a lot of frat parties, by the way. So, nice. You know. You're cleaning up then. No, I'm not. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about money, man. Oh, yeah. You're not I'm, fucking with that shit. No. Nah, yeah. And who would want to? Those girls. You know, it's, yeah. I, it's, I, I've, I'm recently single about eight months. And uh, so I got back into dating and. Guy, I'm lucky enough that I get a lot of younger girls, and just I quickly became exhausted with that. I was yeah, like, that gets very old quickly. Even when they're smart, like it's like ah, I just can't. It's there's a ten years gap is yeah, no, it, yeah. it's yeah too much. Yeah, it's, especially it's, anything over that too is it's it's out of the question. It's it is really funny. Yeah. Oh, so so income inequality, crime, and and then eventually. When it gets bad enough, you get fucking revolution. You get blood in the streets. Yeah. The, every single time, every country that this is happening, it's all income-based, or not all, but that's the major predicting factor. And so this tax bill, I mean, Trump will love it. He'll love it if crime goes up, you know, because he'll blame it on immigrants. And then we'll have a reaction. And then yeah, have he, poli- he, he can state. strengthen the police yeah, state. He can, exactly. Yeah. So that's, he'd love that's, to do that's that. That's a classic. Yeah. That's a classic. Now, all right, well, real quick, uh, what do you... The, the left really is afraid of these authoritarian tendencies. Now, when you say you want to see him serve his four years, you, it also sounds like you're not that scared that he's an r- actual dictator in waiting, that he could actually collapse some of these institutions, refuse to leave. Like his voter, his voter fraud commission, based on a lie, it was invented off of, of a lie that he made up out of thin air. 
And then now there's a real commission out there getting voter information, looking at stuff and diddling with numbers. And of course, Trump and Republicans always would love fewer people to vote. When fewer people vote, they mm-hmm. win. So, uh, the, you know, this could be an easily an easy entrance into more disenfranchisement, some kind of law or rule about voting that helps him. And that, to me, was a line in the sand where if he starts fucking with the votes, that's a dictator. I want him out. Okay, here's the funny thing about voting. Yeah. So what if you need an ID? Everybody carries ID. I think it's a bogeyman, whereas we're so worried about voter ID, we don't look at the fact that, oh, so you mean I need to just pull my ID out of my wallet and show it to you to verify who I am? Yeah. I worked in politics, and that's what I did. I was a challenger when I did politics for a local election in my hometown. Oh, yeah? That's cool. And we had a lot of people who lived out of town but voted in town for politics. Right. So I was the one that challenged them and just broke their chops, essentially. So, yes, it does happen. And essentially, if you look at it... Voter fraud? Yeah. If you look at it, oh, it does happen, trust well, me. Well, it happens. But the question is, is it any kind of concern on the federal level? No, it's not. It's you not. know what it is? It's a bogeyman. All it yeah. is is just, but the fear of it is a bogeyman. His right. looking at voters is a bogeyman. How many people vote in the presidential election? Uh, 55% of the electorate. Uh, so it was like 130 million people voted. Or, is that right? 120? I don't know. So you get, you get half, vo- the, half you the get, eligible voters vote. You get, uh, you get, you know, you get. 120 million information on 120 million people what, what can you really do with it i mean having voters preferences and and email addresses and addresses like that's how parties target likely voters that's how they know which houses to go exactly to so it, trump's re-election campaign will use that information that that's analytics i mean that's that's analytics they, they want that so yes so here's the whole point though is yeah with that in mind but doesn't everybody actually have that information too DNC, I get DNC emails because I signed up for one newsletter. Yeah, well, I they get, certainly the, the two parties have tons of the two the two yeah. parties, and you know but, what? Like they wanted Bernie to give over his email list for a reason. Like yeah. they, the Democrats, they wanted that list, so yeah. it's valuable. Well, I know it's valuable, but let me ask you a question: How well did it work for Clinton? <laughs> yeah. Because she had analytics beyond beyond any campaign before. It's it's interesting how they fucked that up. How yeah. they really jacked. You know, up. but you know why? Because they didn't they didn't they didn't talk to people. Yeah, you have to the, the balance. They thought is, they could get through with a just like a yeah. computer yeah. model. Yeah. Now go to I'm sorry yeah. to to go back to Trump is I think our system is designed so that someone cannot be a dictator. It is. It is because I know but that it's you not know impervious. Right? No, it's and, not impervious. Yeah. But at the same time, is if you look at it is. He's not really that likable. You're right. It's thirty. It's thirty six percent of the country likes him right now, and that's been that way for months. Now the irony is, if the Democrats don't give a really good candidate, will he get reelected? Yes, he could. Yeah, if and they I, do the same thing again, if they, they do a Cory same... Booker or a Kamala Harris or a, a, an establishment Democrat, no one's going to vote for that piece of shit. No, they're not. No one likes them. So that's going to be the interesting because they're corporate and and Americans want uh, someone who's a populist. That's why they voted for him, and that's why Bernie would have easily crushed him. You know, been a ten percent difference in the popular vote if they give a Democrat that says, "You know what? I don't like you. I don't like what you stand for. I'm with the people. Go fuck yourself." If they had a if the Democrats would put up a candidate that used the word "fuck" a lot, yeah. Guess what? He would get my vote. Yeah. He would get pretty much every American. Because hey, it was that, just symbolically show that they're not playing that old stupid game. Have you ever seen the movie Network? Yeah. We are living in oh, the yeah. social media version of Network What's right now. What's the phrase from that movie? I've had enough. I can't take it yeah, anymore. Yeah. 
And you know what? And, and that guy was symbolically, if you had a candidate that was symbolically that newscaster. Yeah. Who took. Who and tried, that's what Trump was. And that's what Trump was. Yeah. He, he swore. He was vulgar. He talked about his dick on the stage. He he hate he he and everyone loved when he smashed the media. I mean, they everyone was waiting well, for, for someone reason. to talk shit about CNN. Yeah, for good reason. I know. I know. They're for awful. They're these elites. Anderson Cooper. He's a Vanderbilt. Literally, he's I worth a hundred million dollars. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's a Vanderbilt. His mother is one of those steel barons. You oh, know, wow. family from yeah, from the from the back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Like these people are elites times ten. But anyway, all right. So that that was great. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of that article. I, I just see I see a lot of failures holes in, in that yeah I see a lot of failures I see a lot of stretching and it's good because you you acknowledged because I, I was going to say I have seen that the alt right is oddly not as religious as you would expect a conservative group and you accounted for that you said yeah that's true but it's it's because of it's an intentional marketing thing rather than the the secularism causing the alt right to grow no, yeah it's they're the appealing to the generation yeah, who wants to go to church yeah. Church is no fun. No, yeah. We'd rather be hung over. They're appealing to the, they're appealing to the, the generational mindset. Yes. Which is what every radical group does. Uh, you know, the religious right has, you know, Christian rock now. Yep. They have Christian techno now. Yeah. I, it was funny. I worked at a, a Christian rock event, a, a religious event, and they were playing rap music, but they wouldn't allow grinding. So they actually had someone to monitor the oh distance between kids. Mm-hmm. And the person would say, hands, hands, not hips. And they would, like, do these hand movements yeah. and not shake their hips. Yeah. It's so silly. Oh God, yeah, it's so weird. I, I was into that because I, I was a oh, fundamentalist. You, you were, yeah. I listened to all the Christian rock. Jars of Clay. Jars of Clay was great. Yeah, they're actually good music. So, some of the really good music. I've pulled some of it up ten yeah. years later, and I listen to it sometimes. You know, just don't read the lyrics. Yeah, the, you know, the, the, the lyrics are like, yeah, and, wow. But but all of them are are can be easily interpreted in a pervertedly sexual way, like well, because yeah. of the way they talk, like touch me, touch me, Lord. Oh well, Lord, yeah, Christ, yeah. Lick my asshole, Jesus. Like that's all the, that that what I just said is the only thing they don't say. Like they go as far they could touch me, touch me. Uh, well, it's like fifties rock and roll. It's yeah. like jazz, yeah. where you know you have thinly to get the ma- thinly veiled innuendo. Yes, you know. <laughs> and plus, we all know what happens at those goddamn fundamentalist Christian camps. A lot of sex. Yes, a lot of sex. Weird sex. Weird sex. <laughs> yes. I want to be a virgin so you can stick it in my butt. Yeah, yeah. You know that we that call ain't that a the, joke. Yeah, that happens. You know, it, it is or, real, or it, at least oral. Or yeah. Whatever. yeah, it's called the Turkish special. <laughs> <laughs> because you know it was like Turkish women in Germany, they would you know they'd want to be virgins for their oh, husband, so they so they, so they get fucked in the ass. I say call it Turkish delight as long Turkish as we're delight, on the C.S. You know, Lewis. Yeah, you, you might as well yeah. go with C.S. Lewis. You know, Mike, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, it was a pleasure, man. I'm gonna be asking you back, so we'll we'll see when Definitely, you're available. Man. Definitely, I, I can't, especially when the other guys are here. It's, it's 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 a lot of fun. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.